Good evening. It's a blessing to be here tonight. I'm thankful to stand before you to present a portion of God's Word uh, to you. And as always, it's my hope and prayer that uh, what we study here tonight uh, will be from God's Word, uh, ultimately, uh, but that you'll be able to gain something from it and apply it to your life, that whenever you leave these, uh, when you leave the church building tonight, that you will be better a servant of Christ, uh, looking to serve Him better. Tonight, we, uh, we've arrived uh, to the next point of our chapter study in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to kind of uh, help us understand and get a little bit of context of, of what this passage is talking about. Probably help if I turned on the clicker here. There we go. I want you to imagine... Uh, now, most of you probably don't have to imagine. Some of you can probably remember. I myself would have to imagine uh, that you, uh, you know, you have a newborn baby. Uh, you've been anticipating this day. You've been waiting for this time to come. And it's time for the newborn baby to arrive. Uh, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of, uh, I would think, anxiety. There would be a lot of joy. There'd be a lot of emotions that come with that, don't you think? And most of you can probably remember the time uh, or times where this occurred. I want you to imagine, though, that you've been given the task of not just having uh, a newborn baby, but given the task of having Jesus. You see, that's what Mary and Joseph had. And that's quite a task. <laughs> you want to talk about anxiety? You want to talk about all the different emotions that come with that. That's what Mary and Joseph had to go through. They, they were have, have this big task ahead uh, to, to have Jesus Christ. In fact, we read about this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This comes from the New King James Version. Uh, the verses we read tonight will become from the New King James. You see, this child, Jesus Christ, most of us hear His name today. We're familiar with Jesus, aren't we? Well, I want to tell you that just as like whenever you have a child, your world changes, I want to tell you the very day Jesus was born, the world changed. The world changed not only for Mary and Joseph, but it changed for the entire world. You see, this was a day that was prophesied about. This was a day that people were should have been excited about. And so this impact that we're talking about with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had a huge impact on the world. And what we're really going to look at tonight, as you'll see, is really the steps leading up to that point. That's what Matthew talks about at the end of the first chapter. And because it had such a huge impact on the world, there was a lot of big changes, a lot of big activities and events that took place. And so tonight we are going to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. I want to begin in verse number 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So we read here uh, to begin. This is right after Matthew had explained the genealogy uh, leading up to Christ. It talks about how Mary was betrothed to Joseph and would, be, uh, would have Jesus Christ, would uh, give birth to Jesus Christ. But I want to kind of give uh, maybe a little bit more context. Now, we're going to spend our time in Matthew tonight because that's what 
the chapter that we're doing. So we're not going to look in you know, all the other Gospels at this point tonight. But I do want to give a little bit of context to set up for what Mary was going through and what Mary's circumstances were. In Luke chapter 1, look with me, Luke chapter 1 verses 26, it says, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now uh, prior to this, uh, the angel had come to Zacharias to explain that uh, his wife Elizabeth would have a child. And Elizabeth was old in years, and so this came as a shock to Zacharias. But we see here in verse number 26 that Gabriel had come to uh, Mary. And what does he say here? It says, and, coming, uh, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now I want you to just picture yourself in Mary's shoes here. The, the, the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, was sent. And it says here, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now this is quite a scene here. This uh, probably shook up Mary. In fact, we see in verse number 29, it says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. So Gabriel had come to Mary and Mary was troubled. She was startled by this angel that came to her. We read on in verse number 30. It says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So this angel of the Lord, Gabriel, he understood that Mary was afraid. It said that she was troubled. And he said, Now Mary, don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. He says, you have found favor with God. That's an amazing thing that an angel would come to Mary and said that you have found favor with God. What does he say also? And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. I think any of us would have probably been like Mary in this case. And obviously we're not given this task today as Jesus has been born but I want you to think about all the difficult tasks that God has given you in your life. The tasks that might make you feel fearful, that might make you feel troubled. I want you to know that if God is with you, you can get through that. Whether that's to talk about uh, Jesus Christ at work with some different employees. Whether that's to talk about Jesus at home. Whether that's to talk about Jesus with students, your fellow classmates. Whatever the case may be, I think there's a lot of different things in life that might trouble us. But Gabriel said, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. In verse number 34, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Now Mary was thinking ahead in the process, wasn't she? She was understanding that to have a child, you have to have a man uh, to, to have that child, right? And so she was saying, well, how is this going to be possible? Because I don't have a man. I don't have a man that will help do this. So she's thinking ahead of time, right? She's thinking, how is this going to be possible since I don't know a man? In verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. It says that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the power of the highest will overshadow her. 
He was saying basically that this was going to be done by the power of God. That this child was not going to be uh, created by different processes that we might think of today, but this was going to be created by God Himself. And that God would be behind the process. In verse 36 it says, Now indeed Elizabeth... Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. As we just talked about, Zacharias mentioned uh, earlier in Luke chapter 1, the angel basically uh, proves what he's saying here. He says just like uh, the power of God is, is with this child Jesus, he wants to explain how that is in relation to Zacharias and Elizabeth. You see, Elizabeth was an older woman. And it says that she was, she was with child. And so this shows the power of God further. But I want you to notice uh, something in verse number 30. It says, and for with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, this is a verse that uh, is quoted a lot of times today. Uh, out of context, I would say. A lot of people di- using it to mean different things. And this, in this situation, it was used to show that with God, Mary could bring forth Jesus. With God, Zacharias and Elizabeth, though they might be of age, they can have a child too because God is God. You see, God is the God of the things that we might think of are quote-unquote impossible. But I want to tell you tonight that we serve a God who makes things possible. He makes things possible. Never underestimate the power of God because God is God. And so certainly this is a message that I believe Mary needed to hear. This is a message that she needed to be encouraged by to know that God was with her in bringing Jesus. Verse 38, what was her response? Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, Mary could have had a lot of different responses in this situation, but I want you to know that after the Angel Gabriel had appeared to her and given her this task. She praised God. She praised God. She said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Basically saying, God, whatever you would have me to do, that's what I want to do, Lord. And that's, that's a huge act of faith. An act of faith I would say that many of us would love to have today. Certainly Mary had that faith. I want to go back to our passage here. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. We see here that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. What does that word mean? Well, it comes from the Greek word, uh, I'm not really going to try, well, I'll try to pronounce that. Nistuo. I'm not really good with pronouncing those names, but nistuo, which originally means to woo and win, espouse, then to promise in marriage. So what that word means really today is to be engaged. Now, we could probably think of many different people that have been engaged today that have maybe broken out of that engagement. But back in that time, that was not common. In fact, it was a promise, as we talked about. It was a sign that I am going to be married. And typically... uh, From what I understand, the culture at that point in time, it was typically about 10 to 12 months where they were engaged, where they were espoused uh, or betrothed, as it talks about here. And so that's what it's talking about, is being 
betrothed to Joseph, uh, engaged to Joseph. It says, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. She was found with child. Now, why is that important? We've talked about Jesus and, and the impact he would have. But I think there's something around that maybe we don't quite consider enough. You see, at this point in time, they were still under the old law, weren't they? They were devout Jews, Joseph, Mary. And so to have a child as a virgin, what does that mean? Well, let's go back to what it means in the Old Testament. Read it with me in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 23 through 24. It says, if a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones, the young woman because she did not cry out in the city and the man because he humbled his neighbor's wife. So you shall put away the evil from among you. Now, I think our automatic reaction is, well, this is the, the person that's giving birth to Jesus, right? And Mary knew that. But I want you to think about the, uh, the situation at the time. Do you think everybody knew that? Do you think everyone was just sure that she had Jesus in her belly? Do you think everyone knew that? I want to tell you what maybe people thought of. It was this. If a young woman who was a virgin is betrothed to a husband. Well, that sounds like Mary to you, doesn't it? To me, doesn't it? A virgin. And a man finds her in the city and lies with her. What happens? You shall stone them to death with stones. You shall stone them to death with stones. Now, after uh, the angel had come to Mary, uh, and Luke records for us that Mary had gone to visit Elizabeth. She had gone to visit Elizabeth, uh, and, and who was to be John, uh, inside Elizabeth's body, for she was pregnant at the time as well, as we read. And eventually, she comes back to where she was, to Joseph, to her family. What do you think their reaction was? What do you think they thought? What do you think Joseph thought? In Matthew 1, verse 19, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not uh, wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Was minded to put her away secretly. Now, it talks about Joseph being her husband at this point. What that means is not talking about her actual husband at this point, but basically showing that he would be her husband. Uh, like I said, they, engagement was a very serious uh, promise back at that time. And so it talks about how Joseph, who would be her husband, can you imagine Joseph as Mary's approaching, coming from Elizabeth, found with child. Now I could tell you if, um, if this was me in the situation, if this was me and Michaela, I, I could tell you there would be a lot of thoughts in my head at that time. A whole lot of thoughts. Probably a lot of evil thoughts, if I'm being honest. How in the world could Mary go and do this to Joseph? How in the world? 
You see, Joseph knew the consequence. Joseph knew what would happen if that was in fact the case. Joseph knew that. But it says here that he was a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. Now, if this was not the Son of God and this was not you know, different circumstances, Joseph would have had every right to stone Mary. Joseph would have had every right, but think about this. This is Joseph. This is the one who would be her husband. And it says that he was a just man. Now this is, to me, amazing. Amazing that Joseph was willing to not make her ashamed in public. It says that she was, he was willing to put her away. Does that mean that Joseph just completely let it go? I don't think so. And we'll read more about that in just a moment of what is to come next. But Joseph was willing to seek mercy. You see, in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13, it says, But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now I want to give context about this here. Jesus is, is uh, sitting at the table with tax collectors and sinners. It, it talks about this in Matthew chapter 9. And the Pharisees come and question him about this. And what does he tell them? He says, learn what this means. Now he was quoting, I believe uh, it was out of the book of Hosea, where it says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now, of course, this was after, <laughs> this, this scene was after Jesus was born, of course. But you see, this idea of mercy was not something that was just in the New Testament. This was something that was in the Old Testament. And this was something that God desired. You see, Joseph was a just man. And Jacob gave an excellent sermon on Wednesday about justice and what that means and what that means to us, basically uh, wanting what is good, promoting what is good. But you see, justice encompasses mercy as well. Because you know what's good is mercy. That's what's good. And so you see, Joseph, I want you to understand, Joseph was in a huge predicament here, but he chose mercy. Mercy. I want to continue on in verse number 20. Look what happens to Joseph here. It says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Pardon me. Of a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So notice here in verse number 20 at the very beginning, it says, But while he thought about these things. So, he had thought about the different circumstances that had led him to this point. He wasn't willing to make a quick decision, a bad decision. He was willing to think these things over, wasn't he? And it says also that an angel came to him just like Mary and told him that Mary is conceived and in her is the Holy Spirit. Now those ideas that Joseph had had where this baby had come from should have been just completely withdrawn at that point. Because the, the angel that appeared to Joseph confirmed that this was done by divine intervention. This was not done by a man 
who was trying to take advantage of Mary or Mary doing something unlawful. This was, de- this was done by God himself. That's what was happening. In verse 21 it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That word Jesus literally means Savior. That's what the word means. If you look up that word, that's what it's talking about. And in Hebrew, it means also the same as Joshua. Now we remember Joshua in the Old Testament, how, how he had led the children of people into the land of Canaan. He had, uh, in a way, not have quote-unquote been the Savior, but he was the instrument in which God used to save the children of Israel. And so when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about Savior. That's why it says, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, I want to talk about this phrase, his people. You see, this, in this time, God's people were the Jews. It was the children of Israel, right? It's always been the children of Israel. But I want to tell you, something is about to change. Who is God's people? Who's God's people? Well, I think it begs the question, who did Jesus come for? He came for all. And so God's people are the ones that go to Him, right? That's His people. And this, I'm going to tell you, this was a huge turn in history. Because this was all about to change. His people. The Jews at this point were His people. However, Jesus came for all. Therefore, His people are those that come for what He came for, which is to save mankind. To bring others to salvation. That's what Savior is. To save. To save us from the death that we all deserve. In verse 22 it says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. Now what this uh, prophecy is is referring to is uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14 and we're not going to read that tonight. If you'd like to go back and read that, that's fine. But basically... Uh, historians conclude that that prophecy was about 740 years prior to Jesus being born. 740 years before. And uh, King Ahaz uh, at that time was reigning over Judah. And so this prophecy that was in that specific time frame, in that specific circumstance, was referring to something 740 years later that the angel is bringing to Joseph. Now, Joseph, a devout Jew, I would beg to say probably knew what he was referring to. Probably understood this, uh, this prophecy in Isaiah. And so can you imagine the joy that's coming? This is the one that was spoken of. And this is just one prophecy. Friends, there's a lot more prophecies that we could look at, but we're not going to do that tonight. This was the prophecy that was spoken. God was coming to earth. This was a big deal. It literally means Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God is going to be with us in flesh. That was a big deal to the Jews because God was not in flesh for many, many years. But Jesus finally is coming to be with them. We continue on in verse number 24. It says, Then Joseph 
being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. I believe there's a lot to say about Joseph being a godly leader at this point in time. You see, he was given the task just like Mary was. Mary was to bring forth Jesus, but Joseph was to be the father of Jesus. And you see here that right after he arose from sleep, it says he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. You see, he didn't worry about what other people would think. He put his trust in God. That's what he did. It says he did as the Lord commanded him. I believe that's what one of the biggest traits in being a godly leader is to put trust in someone who is trustworthy. And there's only one person that's truly trustworthy, and that's God himself. And you see, Joseph was willing to leave immediately to do as the Lord commanded. In verse 25, it says, And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Something that is interesting to me. You know, a lot of times when we talk about Jesus, we think of his ministry, we think of his death, burial, and resurrection. And I want to tell you, there's value in all of those things. But to know that God himself in flesh was a baby, that's just just so interesting to me. That God could be a baby at this point. And I think that shows the power of God. The power behind all this was done by God himself. And I believe there's a lot of different things that we can learn. But just to kind of briefly touch on what we've talked about. We've talked about Mary's faith in obedience. To be the the person that would give birth to the Son of God took a lot of faith, and it took a lot of obedience to move forward in that process. You see, her faith led her to obey God. You see, her faith, her trust in God, knowing that He would bring about this, just like He brought about John the Baptist from Zechariah and Elizabeth, so would the Son of God finally be born as prophesied. We also learn about the power of God behind this that we've talked about. You see, this is all done because of God Himself. This is not something that is able to be done by man without God. This has to take divine intervention. And you see, there was a lot of different things that we'll see um, in the next coming chapters, different circumstances that were not good circumstances, but God was behind the picture the entire time. Just like he was from the beginning. Just like when he sent Gabriel, he was behind the picture the entire time. There is much power in God. We talked about seeking mercy. You see, we understand as Christians today that the foundation of Christianity is love. It's love. And Joseph understood how to show that mercy. Given the circumstances and how uh, serious adultery was at the time, And how that there were consequences for that. He was willing to what? To show mercy. To show mercy unto Mary who would be his wife. We also talked about being a godly leader. You you see, we we need more leaders today. We need more leaders today. We got a lot of people out there today that are followers. And I think there's different times where we are to follow certainly in in different circumstances, but we need people that are willing to stand up and do what God has told us to do. 
You see, God has told the disciples to teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you today that the disciples are dead. And that is, it is, up, it is up to us today to bring about that message, to, to be a leader that God has called us to be. And, and you see, leader encompasses a, a lot of different areas, but the one biggest trait that we talked about tonight was what? It was trust in God. It was trust in God. I want to tell you that it took a lot of trust at that point in time because the old law, the Old Testament, that time has been going on for so many years, and there's about to be a huge change in history. And it required Joseph to be that godly leader. Something we, well, we didn't really necessarily discuss that, well, we kind of discussed it. The word Jesus literally means Savior. Jesus saves. I want to tell you that just as Jesus saved 2,000 years ago, he saves today. You see, Mary and Joseph knew that they were giving birth to someone who would be their Savior. And Jesus saves. Never forget the power of Jesus. Jesus has always been Christ. He's been the Son of God. And He's to be the Lord of our life. Jesus saves. And don't forget that message. That concludes the thoughts that I prepared tonight. I appreciate y'all's attention. You know, with any chapter study, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to go about that. And I hope that I've helped us tonight to understand different things to kind of put us in that culture because until we are in that culture uh, in our mind until we understand the context I really don't think we can truly appreciate the different things that Matthew brings to us and so I hope hope and pray that um, you've seen the those things tonight and that would help you be a better servant for Jesus Christ your savior the savior of the entire world and if you have not become a child of God, I want to encourage you to do so. You see, it's in Jesus' blood that we have the redemption of sins. That we are redeemed, that we are cleansed and made whole before God Almighty. And tonight, you have the opportunity to do that. You have the opportunity to become a child of God. Maybe you've done that, but you've uh, fallen into sin. Maybe you just need the prayers of the church tonight. Uh, for your, maybe you're going through something that I'm not aware of, that uh, the members here are not aware of, but God is aware of, and that we can take it to Him, and that He can help you through that situation. If you'd like to become a child of God, if you'd like to request the prayers of the church, please come as we stand and sing a song of invitation.